0: Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek podcast.
1: Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel.
0: Moms Going Boldly is two moms who love Star Trek and who happen to have children on the autism spectrum. Join me, Elizabeth, and my co host Vicki as each week we talk about Star Trek episodes, both new and old. Are you ready for the adventure? Come join us on Moms Going Boldly. And welcome to Moms Going Boldly for this special edition where Vicki and I are going to talk about the original series episode, Arena, in honor of getting to spend so much time with the Gorn during uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. How are you doing today, Vicky? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. So I'm going to go ahead and read the teaser from the summary of Arena on the Memory Alpha fandom wiki. Captain Kirk and a landing party, Spock, Dr. McCoy, O'Hurley, Kellowitz, and Lang beamed down to the Federation outpost on Cestus III at the invitation of its commander, Commodore Travers, who has received quite the reputation for setting a fine table with his personal head chef. When the away team arrives, they discover that the invitation is a ruse, and the colony has been destroyed. So is this an episode that you have enjoyed watching in the past?
1: No, to be honest, this is one of my least favorite episodes. I don't like this episode at all. <laughs> I don't necessarily remember what I thought when I first saw it. I was eight, but I don't rewatch TOS all that often anymore. It's been a long time. When I do, this is one I skip right over. So technically, I have not seen this episode in many, many years. And what do
0: you like about this episode?
1: I think it was just when we finally get to see the Gorn and it's the costume. The costume took me right out of it. Now I understand this was the 60s and a lot of the aliens looked silly, for lack of a better word, but this was too much. The costume was just too much and they could have done something better, in my opinion. It was just too, too, too goofy to be taken seriously and it took me right out of the episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah.
1: (laughs) It was just way too much.
0: I agree. Though that is not what I am not crazy about from this episode. I always have sort of, like I say, a like-dislike relationship with this episode because I really enjoy the first part of this episode. I like the episode, the tension they develop when they beam down and all of a sudden it's clear there's been an attack and they don't know the attackers are or what's going on. I think that part of this episode is really good. It's when it goes, you know, mano a mano between Captain Kirk and the captain of the Gorn ship that I, I get bored because right. I much prefer, and yeah, I agree, the costume and, you know, the stack breathing. <laughs> And the, you know, t- talking into the translator and conveniently speaking the English thing, which I get. It's a translator. But anyway, that all sort of takes you. I agree. I agree with you 100%. It takes you out of the story. To me, that's tolerable. It's just the whole, I get bored with the whole, let's, you know, hit him on the head. And oh my gosh, that that's, hurts him enough to make him fall away when a rock doesn't kill him. So, you know. <laughs> um, I like it better when, it, you know, when the Metrons allow the the crew to observe the story what's happening you know they bring the crew back into this i like that part of it it's it's just the sort of the hand-to-hand combat part i don't care for
1: i definitely agree that it was better when they let the crew watch because the parts on the ship of the crew watching what was going on and explaining what was going on and hoping that kirk can figure out what these powders can do was definitely a hundred percent better than watching these two run around and i mean quite honestly the gorn doesn't even run this guy was walking around the planet following him. How was he always catching up with him? Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely much better on the ship than it was on the planet for this fight. And quite honestly, I fast forwarded through most of the fight and I stopped every time they had a scene on the ship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's Well, all they had was the space around Vasquez Rocks, which is the location that they filmed this in. Um, that's off of Highway 14 on the way out to Mojave in California. Yeah. Um, I should, one of these days, I have never, I've passed it, but I've never stopped. I should, one of these days, really stop and, like, get a picture there or something.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Maybe I'll do that. I'll send it. I'll send you that picture. I'm here at Gorn Rock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
0: So, let's talk about uh, the Gorn, though, because that is, of course, what made us decide to watch this episode. In uh, Strange New Worlds, we have... Lots of references to the Gorn in both seasons. We, of course, have uh, Laon, who was captured by the Gorn, lost her family to the Gorn, and was rescued by Starfleet. And so she brings, like, personal experience and trauma to the table when it comes to the Gorn. We've had the Gorn on the ship, and we've learned that the Gorn implant their young very much a la, you know, aliens in the chest of John Hurt. <laughs> Oh, and, the, and then in this season, the, was the first episode of this season where we had the indications that essentially there was some kind of trouble on the border of the Federation because of the Gorn, and then the last episode, we have outright conflict with the Gorn, where they have done exactly what they've done here, taken over a planet, attacked a planet, and the Federation is on the brink of war, and our heroes are left trying to decide whether they're going to rescue people or not. So, what do we think of Arena as our first encounter with the Gorn in sort of the way the story's unfolded through the series versus Strange New Worlds, which takes place chronologically before Arena, and now we're seeing that, you know, Captain Kirk's experience after the events that we're seeing in Strange New Worlds. Does it work?
1: Well, first I'm going to say that this is the second time we're recording this episode because... The last one didn't take and I kind of feel silly talking about something that we've already talked about as if we've never talked about it before. But I think it's a stretch. It could fit, but it's a stretch. I'm sure when they wrote this episode, they wrote it as if the Gorn were a new species. Yeah. But because no one on the crew, Scotty, O'Hara, Kirk said anything like the Gorn, oh, we've never heard of them before. Nobody blatantly said anything that would make us think that they haven't encountered the Gorn before or at least heard of them before. Except that yesterday, you, when I said this, you did point out that Kirk said it's an alien called Gorn. Yeah. But because nobody said anything, I suppose what they're doing on Strange New Worlds can fit into canon. It's a stretch. But as I said, there's nothing blatant that they said that made it seem like this was a new species. Although I'm sure when they wrote this episode, it was a new species.
0: Yeah. And as we talked about, I'm really excited that they brought back the Gorn because terrible reptilian dinosaur suit aside, it's a very interesting species and a very formidable enemy. And as we had previously talked about, I would have loved it if this episode did away with the hand-to-hand combat altogether and kept it on with our away team on the planet fighting off the unknown attackers on the ground and our crew on the ship fighting off the attackers in space. I think that would have made for an amazing episode. And we might never have had to have seen them. They could have just been this mysterious species that was as capable as Starfleet or more, which I actually really usually enjoy. I like episodes where they're up against opponents that are... Stronger than they are, and then they use cleverness and intelligence to defeat them. I love those kinds of episodes.
1: (laughs) I agree. And because they were unseen for most of the episode, that's another reason why we could maybe believe that. They just didn't know who they were chasing, not that they've never heard of who they were chasing. Yeah. But I totally agree. They could have remained unseen and mysterious throughout this whole episode, and it would have been good. And I was wondering, after our recording yesterday, that didn't work. And you had mentioned Reader's Digest, and I'll let you talk about that. But I just wondered, the Gorn is supposed to be more advanced than Starfleet in technology and weaponry. So who came up with making them giant lizards is what I want to know. I mean, I know you don't have an answer to that. But I guess aliens can look like anything. But who said we need to make these aliens giant lizards?
0: Yeah, as you and I have talked about previously, this story, I've actually read the short story that they then purchased the rights for to turn into this story. And Basically, what I read on Memory Alpha, that fandom wiki, was that they wrote this story and then realized it was very similar to a short story that had been written in 1944. And so they contacted the author of that story. I think his name was Frederick Brown. Mm -hmm. And got permission, bought the rights to essentially make a version of that story into this episode. And in that story, again, I remember reading that story in the Reader's Digest magazine when I was like 10 or something. In that story, it was literally an arena. Some human astronaut was dropped into an arena and fought some kind of bug-eyed, tentacled creature. So there was something slightly different there. It wasn't necessarily reptilian in the story, but it was tentacled. So that kind of led to the idea of cold-blooded. So maybe that's why they kept it reptilian. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. I just wonder. It just seems bizarre to me that they came up with a reptile.
0: But I also really like how technologically creative the Gorn appear to be. You know, as you pointed out in the beginning of this episode, we see some weapons that are Similar, but also different to the weaponry that we know that Starfleet uses. And then in Strange New Worlds, there's some fascinating technological developments that the Gorn uses to keep the population under control and to dominate, etc. It's really interesting. So I kind of like the fact that this species is very technologically creative and therefore is a a challenge for our heroes to overcome.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So any other thoughts about this episode? We're both not crazy about this episode, but it's now, you know, an important one. It's like Space Seed, which was an important episode for the Star Trek universe because it gave us Khan, who now we have how much ripple effects coming out of the right. encounter with Khan. And now we're seeing lots of ripple effects from, from Arena and the encounter with the Gorn. So it's become kind of a an important episode.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Any other thoughts about it?
1: Well, yesterday we discussed that this episode reminded specifically me, but you came up with an episode. Me of another episode, but it wouldn't come to me. And you came up with an episode. Or maybe it was a species you came up with to compare to the Metrons.
0: Oh, Zunkotsi. Yeah. But you know what? I didn't look up. I'm going to go ahead and do that now. What was the name of the episode that had the energy people? I think it was Errand of Mercy? Yes, Errand of Mercy. So that was the one where... So similar to the Metrons, who essentially can create bodies out of their ability, you know, they appear to be energy, maybe not, maybe they're just moving in and out from a different dimension. And then Aaron of Mercy had the, had the species that was actually only energy that created bodies for the convenience of the humans and the Klingons who were visiting and then went back to their natural state as energy. So the Metrons kind of reminded me a little bit of that. The other thing that they reminded me is at the very beginning when they're talking, when we first meet the Metrons and they're talking to them via flashing lights on the view screen. That reminded me a little bit of the uh, Tholian web and the Tholians, just sort of that shifting color palette. Yeah, Yeah, kind of reminded me a little bit of that. The other thing I I do remember saying yesterday when we had our technological difficulties and did not record um, is how... I liked the mirroring of at the beginning, Kirk finds some weapons on Cestus three and loads it up and fires it at the high ground where the Gorn were hiding. And it's, it's the exact same sort of mirror image to the weapon that he creates on the planet with the bamboo and, and the gunpowder and stuff and loads it up and sets it on the ground and fires it. And so I kind of really enjoyed that sort of mirror image, which I hadn't really noticed before. Again, I prefer the stuff on Cessus 3 and then I ignore the stuff on during the the Gorn battle. So um, this time paying closer attention, I was like, oh, yeah, look what they do there. Isn't that? That's cool. So I I enjoyed that. So any other thoughts on Arena?
1: When I was editing the last episode, and this has nothing to do with this episode, I was thinking because that's when I think when I'm editing things. We had talked about how Ortega's never had a backstory and she was the only one so far without a backstory and then it made me think when we when I was editing the part where we were talking about it that maybe and not and I'm saying it right now not that I want this to happen but maybe because she's now with the Gorn that her her backstory episode is going to be flashbacks of her backstory as she's Maybe they're going to kill her off and that the episode is going to be about her trying to survive the Gorn and not surviving the Gorn. And that that's when we're going to get her backstory.
0: Don't say that. I love Ortega's.
1: I do, too. And I don't want her to leave or for them to kill her off. But while I was editing and and listening to us talking about it and how she hasn't had a backstory and we're already two seasons in now, because now she's with the Gorn. So is her last episode going to be us seeing her backstory as she's being killed off? Not that I want this to happen. I'm going to say that again.
0: I don't know. When does Sulu join the crew? We know Chekhov doesn't join the crew until after Kirk becomes captain, because I think he was season two. But okay, so Sulu wasn't there in um, the cage. So he was there in Arena, and I think he's there, you know, from the very beginning, I think. So maybe this is, you know, like we are set, getting ourselves set up for Scotty. Maybe we're getting set up for Sulu, too, but I hope not, because I really like Ortega's.
1: Well, I hope that doesn't happen either, but as you know, and as our listeners probably know, I have a big imagination, so... (laughs) they're probably saying to themselves there she goes again
0: well yeah we both do and we both also are sometimes not always but sometimes good at seeing the patterns of how the writing goes and how the stories go like you and your incredibly well supported hypothesis of if it's a happy episode the next one's going to be dark i mean right now the, the the data supports that hypothesis very strongly so um yeah but i also like when i'm wrong and <laughs> i like being surprised so
1: yeah i wouldn't mind being wrong in this Instant.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who we don't, you know, see in the original series. We don't see Laon. We don't see Ortegas. We don't see I just blanked on her name, The Lanthanite, played by Carol Kane. Pelia. We don't see her. So there's a number of characters that we may or may not lose. Or hopefully they just get transferred to another ship or retire or something. Any other thoughts on Arena or Strange New Worlds or Discovery or Anything else Star Trek related? No, I'm good. Well, uh, for our listeners, we don't know when we're going to be back doing another podcast unless we come up with some brilliant idea to watch an episode that links to either Discovery or Strange New Worlds. As of the recording of this, which is September 2023, both the writers and SAG-AFTRA are still on strike. And so there is no uh, work being done on either of these television shows. And we don't know when they're going to get back to it. Uh, we expect probably to have new uh, episodes to watch 2024 sometime, but as of right now, we don't know when. So we ask you just to hang out with us, go into hold mo- holding mode. Please stand by while we wait for this to resolve itself and can get back to some good Star Trek television.
1: In the last episode we did, we were wondering if Discovery had finished filming their last season.
0: Yeah. Do we know about that? Do we have any information about that?
1: Well, they looked it up and they hadn't finished filming. So they had, they stopped filming because of the strike.
0: I had a feeling that was the case. And of course, Strange New Worlds, I'm not even sure they had finished writing, let alone filming. You're right. Well, we invite our listeners to join us next time when there is next time. And thank you for listening today. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. You can continue exploring the universe with Moms Going Boldly by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash momsgoingboldly and on Twitter, at momsgoingboldly. The music used on Moms Going Boldly is Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music. On Twitter, at Ross Bugden. Licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org.
1: You can listen to Moms Going Boldly on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. And we're now also available on Apple Podcasts.
0: Transfer complete.